welcome to episode 94 of the Talking Football Podcast. My name's Derek Clark and every week we try and bring you a top-class interview with some of the most interesting and colourful characters involved in the game. This week it was an absolute joy to sit down with former Rangers, Hamilton, Carlisle, Stockport, Grimsby and Chesterfield star Phil Bonnyman. As ever, it's an interview rammed with great stories from his time in the game, including why he decided to leave Ibrox, making a name for himself at Aki's, taking on the likes of Man United and Arsenal, being part of that famous Spyrite side that defeated Rangers and went on to win the old Anglo-Scottish Cup and loads more in between. We also hear about his time in coaching at the likes of Dunfermline, Hamilton, Huntley and Port Vale and what he got up to when he decided to step away from the game. So sit back and enjoy the latest episodes of the Talking Football Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the Talking Football Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to say we're joined this week uh, by former Rangers, Ackies, Carlisle, Grinsby, you name it, Phil Bonnyman. Phil, thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Great career in the game, Phil. Um, a pleasure to, to look back on it. Um, growing up as, as a young boy, um, born of course back in February 1954, growing up were you always kicking the ball around? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what most kids did, uh, you know, in Glasgow at that time. Uh, there was very few cars on the on the streets, uh, so you could the, the streets were a football pitch. Yeah, and um, did you have any role models, any any sort of heroes that you looked up to back then? Well, very early, uh, I was born in the Mary Hill part of uh, Glasgow, and yeah. uh, my dad was a Partick Thistle fan, so I became a Partick Thistle fan, and we used to go and watch the the matches there. Yeah. Uh, and there was a couple of players at Partick Thistle that I, I, I liked the best. Uh, one of them being Neil Duffy. He was a wee front player, blonde hair. He was really noticeable. Uh, him and uh, Davy McParland, they were yeah. my two favourite players at the time. Yeah, absolute legend, of course. Um, when you were playing, um, uh, Phil, did you play for sort of boys clubs and all that growing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually played at Rangers Boys Club. Yeah. when I was probably 14, 15. And so uh, I then went to a, a, an amateur team on his land, Waverley, when I was about 16. Yeah. Uh, they were a very well-organised amateur team. Uh, and a, a couple of my pals played there. So I played with them, uh, you know, for, I think, probably a season or two. Uh, so, yeah, I did play amateur football, yeah. Yeah, and of course... Um... Being at Rangers, the boys' club, then the senior side signing up. Um, how did that come about? Did they send a scout to go and watch you at Anisland? I don't really know, to be honest. <laughs> uh, the, I think that I just got a call one morning by the, uh, the, the the lad who ran our football team and said, you've been invited along to a, a, a game uh, to play. So I thought, well, where is it? And they said, it's the, at Rangers training ground. They called it the Albion. Yeah, it was just like it was a pitch, a couple of pitches across from the the, the main ground. Yeah, um, so I went across there, uh, played in the game, did okay, I think, uh, and then I was invited to play a few reserve games uh, with Rangers. Yeah. Uh, I played two games, and in the second game we played Deirdre uh, at what was their ground at that time, Broomfield uh, Park. Yeah. Uh, and after the game, the, the manager and the, the coach. 
invited me for a chat and they asked me to, to sign. Wow. As a young boy, that must have been, is, is that, that must have been like a dream come true to sign for, for such a, a prestigious club at that young age, Phil? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was a bit of a shock, to be honest. Uh, the, the, first of all, getting the, the trial and then, the, uh, you know, obviously being offered a, a, a signing contract. Yeah. Um, but it, it just happened so quickly that I never really had an awful lot of time to think about it. Yeah. Uh, and it was, a, I mean, there, there wasn't much to think about it anyway. You know, it was a kind of foregone conclusion that I, I, would, I would have signed it. Yeah. Jock Wallace was the manager there at the time, is that right? Uh, well, no, not the last time the manager was Willie Waddle. Yeah, Willie Waddle. Jock uh, Wallace was the assistant manager coach. Yeah. Um, and, and Stan Anderson was the, the, the coach of the reserve team. Yeah. Uh, so they were the three main uh, people at the, the club at that time. Yeah. When you signed for the club, can you did you have to go into Ibrooks and all that, and the manager's office, all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, well, I actually signed. In the, the, the shower room of Airdrie football ground. <laughs> with and uh, I think I think the thing is that in these days there was there was lots of scouts at all the games and uh, I think what a lot of the managers and coaches did at that time was they took forms with them because the danger was that if you went out of the ground unsigned, there would be people waiting there uh, yeah. to maybe try and uh, you sort the situation, so yeah. uh, that that was the reason why. Yeah. Now, what's your, what's your memories of uh, Willie Waddle then? Um, well, I mean, one, once I was signed, he 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 really just concentrated with the, the first team and things, as did John Wallace. Yeah. Uh, but he was he was quite an imposing figure, and he had this way. He wore glasses. But whenever he looked at you, he used to tip his glasses down and look over them at you. Uh, <laughs> and anybody I ever see doing that now, uh, it reminds me of Willie Waddle. You know, he was he was quite an imposing figure uh, and quite a serious man. But yeah. uh, but he was he was a decent guy, a decent man. Yeah, definitely. Did did you notice a, a step up, Phil, going to going to Rangers from what you were used to at Annie's Land in terms of like the uh, the training and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, obviously, going full time, you know, they were training every day, and it, you know, at the end of every day, you know, I felt as if right, that was a real good session. But I, I think I very quickly adapted to it. I was a, I mean, I was a of slim build, and I, I was had reasonable fitness anyway. So I think I adapted fairly quickly to the, the level of fitness required. Yeah. Man. When you were training with the club, of course, a number of big players there at the time. Was did the senior pros help you? Or were they were they quite hard on the young boys? Well, I think it's like you know, as I, as I you know grew into my career, um, you, you know, there is always that where you, you you look to help the younger players and you, you give them encouragement and you explain things to them. However, what you got to remember is that these young guys are trying trying to take your place as well. Yeah. So. There is a mix of saying, "Okay, I'm helping you, and you're like, but but you know, I'm 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 keeping my place without a doubt." Yeah. But but there were a couple of players who were, were especially helpful, uh, Alec McDonald and yeah. Sandy Jarman. Um, they always had time for. Well, I don't know about everybody. They, they always had time for me and chatted with me. And uh, Alec McDonald, in particular, uh, a midfield player as well. 
uh, you know, used to give me little uh, hints and tips and yeah. little personal coaching lessons. So, so he was good for me. Yeah, of course, when you were there, you were just a young boy, but the, the club would go on and uh, lift the Cup Winners' Cup in, in 72, Phil. What was that run like, just being in and around the club at that point? Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, I, I, I went to the club just before they won the, yeah. the, the Cup Winners' Cup, you know, so it was a, I mean, it, it was a tremendous uh, situation. I mean, they had they'd previously got to the final of that trophy of the year Celtic had won the European Cup. Yeah. Uh, and lost, um, so this was a, a a good thing, and it was a, it was fantastic for the city of Glasgow that uh, both clubs had won a European trophy. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was a, a fantastic time for for Rangers Football Club. Yeah, yeah. You made one appearance, didn't you? Against was it Stenhouse Muir at Ibrooks? Um, was it a League Cup game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a bit of a nightmare, actually. <laughs> um, because, uh, um, well, the thing was that the. the it was a two-legged tie. Yeah. Uh, and the first leg, they'd won about five, five, yeah, five nil, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Uh, so the second game, uh, Stennis Muir won 2-1 at Ibrox. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't play well. I, mean, I know for sure I didn't play well. And uh, But I must say that neither did a lot of the, the, the regular first-team players, so it was a difficult one. So it, it wasn't a very auspicious uh, debut. <laughs> yeah. Playing at Ibrooks, so Phil, I mean, uh, it's the stuff that, that many, uh, well, many Rangers supporters would, would dream of. It's a great arena to, to play football. Can you remember much about, about, about playing there? Well, I mean, most of the games I played obviously were reserve games. Yeah. So there, there wasn't a great crowd. The only time there was any kind of crowd at all was when we played Celtic. Yeah. Uh, and some of these games, it was like between twelve and 15,000 in the game. Yeah. Uh, for a reserve game, yeah. Uh, so, but even that's a wee bit lost in a, a ground the size of Ibrox. Yeah. Uh, so, no, it was. I mean, it was great to play on the ground, to play in the stadium, um, but obviously not with the same atmosphere as when it was a first team game. Yeah, you mentioned the old firm reserve games. I remember going to one in the nineties, and there must have been about forty thousand there. At, what What was that like? Is it's an, I know it's the, the reserve game, but it's still feisty. I think they could be playing each other at Tiddlywinks, and it'd be. Uh, some atmosphere. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it was. I mean, as you imagined, uh, yeah, it was. I mean, there was no quarter given at all, and it was. You know, you wanted to win at all costs. So, um, but I mean, it, we're, we're going back a long, long time, so it's, it's difficult yeah, to remember yeah, yeah. details yeah. and things. Yeah, but you left there, of course. Were you disappointed just um, not to make more of an impression there? Yeah, I mean. The, the thing was, I had been offered another year's contract yeah. uh, on the same wages, uh, and I was a wee bit headstrong at that time. And uh, things came to a head, and, and I had an argument with Willie Waddle and things like that. So I eventually did. And I knew that Hamilton and uh, Hamilton Nackies were interested, and Eric Smith, the manager, had impressed me because we'd had a little chat yeah. uh, about going. And uh, I knew then. But the other thing was, Rangers had brought in a couple of players at the time um, when I was there. I, I'm not going to say who they were, yeah. but they, they, I felt as if I, I, I wasn't I, didn't, I wasn't saying that I was a better player than them, but yeah. I was. I felt as if I could contribute as much. Yeah. But they brought them in uh, and they were two older players and I felt as if 
well, you're virtually saying you're not, you haven't, don't have any trust in the youth. So that, that kind of made my mind up that I wanted to leave. Yeah, but I guess that was when you fell out with Willie Waddle, I guess you were one of the, you must have been quite a confident boy to see you wanted more game time, I'd imagine. Well, I just think you, I mean, they, they, they'd ask the questions and, and, and you say, well, I'm not, I'm not getting anywhere. Yeah. It's as if you, you, you don't uh, value what I can uh, give to the, the, the team. Um, and, and probably at that time, they were quite right. They, they was, the, the first team players were better players than me. Uh, but, you know, you, you get a wee bit headstrong maybe. And, uh, and, and looking back, you think, I wonder what if. Yeah. You know, it's going to stay, but you you know you can't look back and make regrets. Yeah. So you joined Aki's then, and you, you you were you sort of got your career up and running there, didn't you? It must have been great to play cons- uh, sort of consecutive sort of football every week. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Hamilton it was still the old first and second division at that time. Yeah. Uh, you know, in Hamilton, and and on the year I went, um, the leagues were splitting into three. Yeah. So the second division, the top uh, six, I think we're going into the what would have been the middle league, and and then below that would be the third league, uh, you know. And we joined the bottom six of the first division. Yeah, you know, it was a, then the, the the first league, second, and third league. Um, so we we managed that. I think we finished about third in the league that year and went into the, uh, you know, the the, the middle league of the three. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, you touched on Eric Smith. You, you were impressed by him. What was he like as, as, as a manager, Phil? Yeah, he was, he, he was a good guy. He was a, a different manager from Willie Waddle because uh, Eric did everything. He was a manager, he was a coach, he was a, uh, the coach, the chief bottle washer. You know, he did <laughs> everything uh, non-stop. Yeah. But, um, but and, and, and purely because, you know, you're, you're, you're a first-team player then, he had a lot more time for you than, than maybe what you thought they had at Rangers, but that, that was just down to your status as a player. Yeah. Um, and I started, you know, pretty well. The thing is, I had I had been playing as a midfielder at uh, Rangers. Yeah. And when I went to Hamilton, uh, Eric played me as a, a centre-back. Wow. Um, and, you know, I had a pretty decent season. Uh, and then got into the second season, uh, I played well as well. Um, so that's where I was playing at the time um, uh, at Hamilton. Uh, when 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 I was there, they had uh, the the second league. They, had, they played an international with the Italian second league. Yeah. Uh, across in Italy at Pescara, and uh, you know played in that team there. So I was I was as far as in that league was concerned, I was I was playing okay. Yeah. What was that like going over there? Um... Played for that, that that Scotland was it a semi pro side, wasn't it? That you played in, um, no, it was all semi pro. Well, when you say semi pro, there was part time players and a couple of full time players, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was good, it was a good trip. Um, it became it turned out to be a bit of a, a nightmare of the game because <laughs> there was a torrential downpour in the game and the ground was so firm, the water just sat on it. So the game was abandoned with about 15 minutes to go uh, oh. because the ball, the ball just wouldn't move on the, on the pitch. Uh, you know, so the, the, because the game was abandoned as well, we never get presented with any cap or anything like that. So I was disappointed in that. 
Yeah, uh, Douglas Park, of course, the the old ground. What what many memories are, are playing there? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was a old fashioned ground. It was all timber. Um, um, size wise, quite a, a small ground. Uh, you know, I didn't need it with the the, the support they had, but yeah. uh, but it was good. It was, I mean, it was good atmosphere at games, and uh, I quite a fervent support. Yeah, from there, of course, you you'd go down south and and join join Carlisle. What what was the thinking behind that move, Phil? Well, I mean, I had I had gone to training one night, and Eric Smith pulled me in before I I went training. And this was just round about it was mid March, which was the transfer deadline day. Yeah, you know the the period where the, the deadline was. Yeah, and he pulled me and he said. There's a there's a club, you know, interested in taking you. What do you think? I said, well, what was the club? And they said, Carlisle United. Um, I thought, yeah, because they, they were in the old second division. Yeah. And uh, I I thought, well, it's, it's worth speaking to them. So as it transpired, there was the, the manager and the, the club secretary up at, at a local hotel. I can't remember what it's called. You'll probably know it better than me, but it, it was it was just in the outskirts of Hamilton, and uh, so I went there and had a chat with them, and they explained what they wanted and uh, etc. And uh, I thought, you know, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good opportunity. Um, so I'd, I I I went home and I spoke to my mother about it uh, and explained the situation. She says, well. It, you know, if, if you think it's a good move and things. And I also spoke to uh, my, my girlfriend, who's, she's sitting looking at me now, it's now my, <laughs> it's my wife, but she's, <laughs> suffered me all, she's suffered me all these years. So, uh, and, and you know, we thought it was a, a, a good opportunity uh, and not to, not to be missed. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Moncur was the manager there at the time, was he? No, 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 no. no. Bobby Moncur too. Came after that, yeah. the manager at the time was a, a, a Dick Young. Dick was a, a kind of legend at Carlisle. He'd been there a long, long time. Yeah. And uh, he he was a manager at the time. Uh, his assistant was Hugh Neil, who's a Scottish guy who played at Air United and, and Carlisle United. Um, yeah. Dick was an old-fashioned type manager, uh, but a, a, a nice man and a, a, a good manager. Yeah. How did you find English football compared to what you were used to? Was it much of a muchness down there? Well, the, the first few games I started and I played at the back again. Um, I think the first couple of games, I think we'd played at uh, Luton and then we'd gone down to Southampton. Yeah. And Southampton, I mean, what, what a team they had at the time. They had, they had players in the likes of uh, Peter Osgood. He played up front for them. Yeah. Uh, won the FA Cup, didn't you, that season? Was that right? I think it was a bit there. Maybe, maybe was it was it seventy one they won it? I'm not sure. I'm it was not sure. Six, maybe maybe United, I'm sure. Was it was it I maybe you're right. Um so I mean it was a, it was definitely a, a, a step up in uh, you know the class of the, the players you're playing against and with. There were some yeah. good players in Carlisle and uh, but the everything was so much better. You know the pitches were good, the, the crowds were bigger. The, yeah. You know it was just a real step up. But I think I adapted very, very quickly. Uh, you know into the, the the pace of the game, and you know the um, the standard you had to be at to to play in it. 
Yep. See, when you said um, you, you, you played at the back for for a bit, did, did you enjoy playing back there? Was it was it? Do you feel comfortable there, or was it a bit difficult? No, no, I, I felt comfortable. Um, but but one of the strengths I had was that when I came at the back was that I was I was fairly decent on the ball, which yeah. most centre backs, you know, going back to that time, they, they didn't really want the ball. They, most of them just wanted to head it and kick it away, clear. Yeah. I took the ball, I took it, and I also carried it forward into midfield. So um, I don't think it was any surprise when when at Carlisle they, they moved me forward into midfield. Yeah, um, I was more on the ball. Yeah, but yeah, um, you went down one of the seasons. Was it your your first full season? The club went down. Was no, it? no, the the the, the, uh, the the season I went. I mean, we we were halfway through it. Yeah, and we we just stayed up. And that and this was this was a season after Carlisle had come down from the first division. Yeah, but they'd lost a, a few players, and this was them trying to rebuild again. Yeah, so we were in the. The, the third division, the second year I was there, we went, we got relegated. Yeah. That, that disappointment because we lost a few players, good players, and it was difficult because the club, uh, then they don't have the same amount of money to spend on uh, on other players, so they yeah. don't get the same uh, level of quality. Yeah. And um, I was going to ask this, but I've had a few Carlisle boys on uh, recently and I asked them what was Brunton Park like and they always say windy. Uh, you, you feel the elements there. What, what, what's your memories of playing there? I, I, I thought it was okay. I mean, I had come down to Scotland, so it's not any <laughs> I was, they, they had probably come up the way from further yeah. south. Uh, no, I, I enjoyed it at Carlisle. Um, as, as I say, there was, there was some good players there was a, a few players that were good players, but they were just coming to the end of their yeah. uh, career. Um, and that's when, as I say, when they're trying to replace players of that quality uh, with younger players, and, and they don't have an awful lot of money to spend, and it's difficult to do that. Um, so it was a difficult time for the club. Yeah. See, the, I was I was reading uh, reading back some of the results. Did you play in the, the, the Man United game, the FA Cup? I think. You, you yeah. took them to a replay. What, what was that like to play in? Yeah, good good games. Um, uh, first game, and, and in fact, and seeing both games, Lou yeah. McCarry scored the first minute of both games. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it obviously made it really difficult to, to uh, you know, to come back from that. Yeah. But the, the first game, yeah, um, my big mate Ian McDonald, who'd gone down from St. Johnson, uh, he scored the equaliser, good header from a corner. Um, so we, we we competed well um, in the, the second game. You know, you often hear stories about um, games where you, you lose a few goals. And, but honest to, honest to God, every goal that they scored, they scored four, it was 4-2, and every one of their goals were avoidable. Yeah, There was a mistake at some point. Uh, and and it was a desperate and, and the goals that we scored, um, you know, in fact one of them, Billy Rafferty scored, it was it was the best goal of the game and it was the best football of the game. Um, yeah. So we actually, although we lost and and there's no prizes in losing, but we, we really acquitted ourselves pretty well, particularly Old Trafford. Yeah. What what, you know, what was that like as as a stadium to play at, uh, Phil? Yeah, brilliant, absolutely yeah. brilliant. I mean, this was the first time I played against a. Uh, you know, a first division team 
in England and uh, to be Manchester United. In fact, the first three teams I played against in England were Manchester United, Liverpool and Arsenal. Wow. So, you know, playing against these three uh, teams was, was a fantastic experience. Uh, and only the Liverpool game, the Liverpool game should never be known. The, the, the pitch, it was, it was a winter time, it was a cup game and the, the pitch was absolutely bone hard. Aye. But they beat nothing and, and it was at a canter. Yeah. Uh, the Arsenal game, you know, we, we, we did, we lost three two in that game, but we, we acquitted ourselves pretty well in that game as well. Yeah. Uh, from Carlisle, of course, you, uh, was it another transfer deadline uh, day move? You went to Chesterfield, is that right? In, was it 1980? Uh, I, 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 I've got that kind of situation coming at the end. Uh, you know, <laughs> teams were desperate, so they I will just take him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it was, it was. Uh, Chesterfield were going pretty well in the, the third division, uh, pushing for promotion. And uh, Arthur Cox. Yeah. The, the funny thing was, um, I was, we, I was away at a game uh, with Carlisle. We were supposed to play in Swindon, and we had travelled down, and we were in the hotel as you are, and just having a, a rest in the afternoon. And the phone rang in our room, and uh, I picked it up. And it was a voice in the relay and said, uh, oh, Phil Bonnie, I said, yeah. He says, right, he says, uh, uh, there's a, a club. They've just made that. They've just offered uh, £150,000 for you, um, you know, just to let you know that that's on the table. And they put the phone down. So I went right along. And by this time, Bobby McCurr was the manager. Yeah. And he was in his room with uh, Mark Harvey who was the assistant manager and coach. And uh, I told them, I explained the uh, uh, situation and what had happened. And uh, they, they both looked at each other and said, Coxie, you know? <laughs> so it was, they'd said, Arthur Cox it was. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that's good. See, see the transfer deadline day back then, of course, it's a lot different now, but as a player, I guess you're just at the, the mercy of the clubs. If they told you you're going, you, you sort of go. Oh no, no, you you, you had the decision to make. It yeah. was down to you. Um, but I mean, Chesterfield. But I mean, it, it puts you in quite a a strong position actually, mm. because the team that wants you definitely wants you, especially if you're going to pay 150,000 yeah. pounds. So it gives you more leverage for asking what you want. Yeah. Uh, you know, to get better terms. Uh, and the club that, particularly Carlisle at that time, that, that was a, a lot of money. You know, so yeah. although they, they maybe want to have you as a player, I think they think £150,000 is uh, quite a compelling argument as well. Yeah, definitely. And um, Arthur Cox, you mentioned there, I had um, uh, Jeff Shander on a few weeks ago. He played under him at Derby. He says he was a sergeant major. He loved playing for him, but he was he was really stern. What what was your memories of him? Aye, that's that's probably probably uh, Arthur down to a T. Yeah. Um, he's, I mean, he he was very rigid in you know the way he wanted you play to play the game. I mean, I, I asked him at one time privately, you know, in his own office. I said, "What? Why did you sign me? <laughs> what do you mean?" I said, "Well." 
when the centre backs or full backs are getting the ball, I'm I'm in space to take the ball. I'm, I'm saying just give me it, and they're they're putting it away up to the front players there. I said, I I take the ball in midfield. I can pass it far better from 25, 30 yards than they can from 60 yards. Yeah. And anyway, oh no, get it up there and then. And, and I just uh, I, I didn't at first. I didn't like the way he wanted to play, particularly as they had. Myself and they'd also signed uh, Danny Wilson at the time. You yeah. remember, you know, Danny? Yeah. Danny, good player. And also at the midfield at the time was Jeff Sammons, who was a top player at Sheffield United and Stoke. Yeah. And he was maybe coming to the end of his career, but he could still take the ball and he was a fantastic player. You know, so with players like Danny and Jeff and myself in midfield, it seemed the obvious thing for me to play through us. Yeah. But he was so set in his ways, he wanted to do. You know, get up to the front players and and go and support. I, I mean, at times, yeah, that's good. Mix up the game, but yeah. I, I just thought it was a wee bit too rigid. Yeah, uh, it must be frustrating as a, a midfield player, like you say, a ball playing player that and just see, seeing the ball going over your head and all that sort of stuff. It must be yeah, a crank in your neck. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I can understand it in certain situations if it's tight or it's uh, difficult for you know fullbacks to find you or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or, or in situations when you know, you know, in the winter time when the when the pitches are boggy yeah. and heavy, and it might be difficult to play it along the you know the the, the floor. Um, but this was this was just permanent. He wanted to do that. It wasn't it wasn't down to any conditions, and I I, I disagreed with it. So, and I had a few arguments with him, yeah. uh, Isaac, Jeff, and Danny about playing through us. But it was it was so rigid in his uh, his methods. Yeah. See, when you mentioned the pitch, the pitches there, they're, they're like bowling greens now, a lot of them. Oh. You must have played in some bogs but back back then, Phil. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's one of my biggest envies, looking at the game now. Yeah. The pitch is fantastic. Uh, you know, and if you, could, if you couldn't pass the ball in these pitches, you know, you, you shouldn't be playing the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, you know, it would, have, it would have made a lot of players' careers so much different. Yeah. Uh, you know, if the pitches were uh, as they were now, uh, back in our day. Yeah. Of course, when you're at Chesterfield, um, you had that great Anglo-Scottish Cup run um, in 81. You, um, you'd play, of course, everyone remembers the, the Rangers games. What's your, your memories of that? A great result at Ibrooks, and then um, they came down to, to Chesterfield and you and you and you'd done them in 3-0. You scored two that night. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first game was at Ibrooks. And uh, we came up in uh, the, the previous night and we'd stayed over at a hotel near to uh, the Erskine Bridge. Yeah. Um, we, you know, it was a, a good build-up and I, I don't think anybody gave us any hope, you know, of getting through this. But we, we you know, we played reasonably well at Ibrox. Um, yeah. Ended up one each. We'd scored, uh, Phil Walker scored direct from a corner. Um, I don't remember who scored, scored for them, but we played pretty well. We acquitted ourselves pretty well, uh, you know. And but we were still expected to get, uh, you know, hammered down at Chesterfield. Yeah, playing against your former club, Phil. But back then, did you have uh, a little bit more determination to to do a do a number on them? Uh, no, I think I think to say that means that you don't have any. As much determination in other games. Yeah, yeah, I didn't mean it like that. Just the, the, no, I know, I know. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. That wasn't a criticism you did. No, yeah. what I meant is that you you go and play. You, you try your best in every game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think 
I think when the, the pleasure comes is when you look back on it and say, yeah, I did well, I played well there. Uh, we got a decent result and uh, you know so that's the way I looked at the game I went into it with the same mindset initially and then after the game you take the pleasure of getting a decent result there yeah. so that, that was the way I looked at it yeah. and scoring two goals in that night as well was I mean, they brought a good few, a few thousand down didn't they to, to Chesterfield that yeah, yeah, it was, yeah it was it was pretty full um, it was a horrible night it was, the rain was pouring um, we'd, we'd scored too quite early, uh, and then uh, Ernie Moss, yeah, he, he scored in the second half. Um, Rangers, Derek Johnson missed a well. John Turner, the keeper, saved the penalty late on, but we were we were by far the better side. And yeah. to be honest, I I, I don't think they really far, fancied it. It was a horrible night, yeah. and and I'd say Rangers are a, a great great club, but at that time I don't think. They were a great team. Yeah. They weren't the best, uh, I would say, at that time. But, you know, they, 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 they were a great club and they, they still are a great club and they always will be, probably. But that was a, a bad time for them. Yeah. So uh, you could probably say that I was part of two of their worst defeats. <laughs> <laughs> one, one for them and one against them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> See, you mentioned Ernie Ernie Moss there, Phil. Um, obviously, a yeah. Chesterfield legend. Um, what was he yeah. like to play alongside? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I mean, he he's a legend for more than just his his playing ability. He's just yeah. a fantastic man. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was he was, you know, in the dressing room. Ernie was just a, a focal figure. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a nice man. I've never heard. I don't think I've ever heard him swearing. Yeah. I don't think I've heard them criticising anybody. I don't think I heard them say a bad word. You know, it's just he's just a nice, nice man, but a fantastic competitor. Um, and uh, you know, if you put crosses in, if, you know, we Dallin Dutch and Alan Crawford, uh, wide right and left, they put good crosses in, and, and Ernie would be, if not getting the ball, he would be competing, and somebody else would pick up the scraps for him. So he was a a fantastic guy. Yeah. Uh, and a, and a, a great player for Chesterfield, you know. I think he, you got, I think you, you got to say for Chesterfield, he's the greatest ever player. Yeah. Um, I think there's been better footballers than him, but I think he's contributed more than anybody for for Chesterfield as a player. Yeah. That uh, the Anglo Scottish Cup run, of course, you go on and win win the trophy. Memories of the final was Notts County, wasn't it? You played. I will see. This, this is one of the things I think that are, are a wee bit overlooked. That. Not, it was a two-legged final again, but people forget that Notch County were a first division team then. Yeah, you know, and and beating them in the final, I think, is probably almost, if not a better uh, achievement than than beating Rangers in the previous games. Yeah, um, so we, yeah, we, we, I think, again, my, my memory's fading as for as far as the game, but I, I think Alan Crawford scored late to uh, make it level, and I think he went extra time and he scored again. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's a, it, this was the final uh, time the, the Anglo-Scottish Cup was played. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that meant that Chesterfield had that cup forever after it, so um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good, if you're going to be in the trophy, yeah, in the competition, then you obviously try and win it, and, and, and we did. It was good. Yeah, that Notts County side. 
Sorry, yeah, that, Derek. Yeah, sorry. That that knocks County side. I had Don Masson in it, didn't it? In midfield, was he right. playing that night? Yeah. I mean, that's just shows Don you. Don Masson played, yeah. Don Masson yeah. played, yeah. Yeah, they had some great players at that point, so it's uh, no yeah. mean feat yeah. to, to win that trophy. Uh-huh. Um, you'd leave Chesterfield, of course, in, was it 82? But, but what was it? Did it have some financial problems or something when, when you moved to Grimsby? Yeah, I, there was, uh, they, they, I, I don't know if financial problems or whatever, they just wanted to get some money back in or whatever, but there was three of us at the time that were the probably most sellable assets, and that was uh, Danny I mentioned earlier on, Danny Wilson, yeah. Alan Rich, who was a good player, uh, and and myself. I think they were, they were the players that they, they felt as if they could get you know, some money on from. So uh, we were, um, we were. Well, I was going to say sacrifice, but we we moved on to other clubs. Yeah, was it Bobby McCurry at Grimsby at that point uh, as, as well, Phil? No, no, no. Bob never managed Grimsby. Um, Dave Booth was the manager. Ah, uh, Dave Booth, yeah, yeah. What, what's, what's your memories of him? I Dave's a good man. Yeah, you know, I, I had. I mean, it was he'd played at Grimsby. Um, he he was honest. He was um, a, more of a manager than a, a coach. Yeah. Uh, but he was he was good. He did well, and in fact, in Dave's final season at the club, um, we I think we finished. A, I think it was fourth equal in points with Manchester City. Yeah. Uh, and it was the top three went up. Yeah. And I think the top three at the time were. Uh, Chelsea, Sheffield, Wednesday, and Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, and then Manchester City and us on the same points did a better goal difference. But I think we we really, uh, you know, competed against much bigger clubs really well that season. Yeah. And Dave, <laughs> a tubby story about Dave Booth, he, uh, he had chatted to me a couple of times and he had intimated that he, he would, Chris Nickel had come as his assistant and he said to me, you know, in, in due time, you know, I wouldn't mind you coming on to the, the coaching yeah. uh, staff. Uh, but anyway, but he shocked us all because again, towards the end of the season, he had uh, decided to pack in and go and sell timeshares in Tenerife. <laughs> I mean, just out of nowhere. Uh, so, uh, and and there was all, there was there was talk of him at the time as well uh, that that West Brom were fancying taking him as his man, as their manager. Yeah. So uh, they always regretted that one, I think. Yeah. Um. See that. See that year that you mentioned they just missed out in, in promotion. I think we had we had Gary Henshaw and he, he said he beat them four 0 or something. Man City that year or four one, and that was the sort of goal that that, that sort of that uh, that done you really. I um. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, to be honest, I, I can't remember the. I know at Man City we we drew with them at Grimsby. I yeah. don't remember the. I, I really honestly can't remember uh, Derek yeah. what the, the score was at uh, Man City. Yeah. It must. Uh, for, for all accounts, it sounded like a, a right good sort of family club. But at Grimsby at that point, well, sort of everyone was was from in and around the area and that sort of thing. Good atmosphere. Well, there had been, I mean, Grimsby had gone from the fourth division up to the third and then into the second. Uh, you know, and a lot of the players that, when, when I had arrived there, uh, there was a, quite a few players that had been there quite a long time. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, they they all played maybe two hundred games or so. Uh, you know, at the club, so it was it was really homebred. Uh, you know, but I, I think trying to do that a few times and trying to repeat that, uh, you know, it was a wee bit of a struggle to get homebred players, so they had to look further afield. But yeah. uh, I, there was there was some good players when I arrived, and uh, but again, the situation happens at a lot of clubs. Um, sometimes trying to replace players when they leave, uh, when you don't have much money, it's difficult trying to find these diamonds all the time. Yeah. Uh, so you start looking for your, your younger players to break through, and if that doesn't happen, then the, the standards can slip. Yeah. Um, Gary Henshaw, I mentioned there, he was kind enough to, to pass me your way, Phil. What's, what was he like as a teammate? I know Gary was a young player. Gary, I, I'm not sure how old Gary is now, but I, I think he might be about maybe close to 10 years younger than me. Yeah. I, I'm not so sure. Um, I, as I say that, I, I always have time for younger players and, and you would help them and just, just give them a couple of wee things, but you need to always be mindful that they're trying to take your place. And Gary was a midfield player like I was at the time and there was another young guy at the time, Andy O'Dell. Andy yeah. and was trying to push through to get into the team. Um, and it, it's a real, sometimes for young players, it's a real difficult period when you're getting to the age of maybe 18, 19, uh, and, and you're hopefully trying to get into the team and you're maybe not getting into the team and you, you feel as if you should be, yeah. uh, but you're just not quite getting there. So it's a difficult time for them. Um, and they think, well, am I ever going to get in here or do I have to move away to get in? Uh, you know, so it, it's hard. The other thing for, for young players as well is that when you... When you get to 18, 19, you, you, you've, you've been used to be playing against, you know, in your youth team games. Yeah. People are the same age as you. Yeah. But the end, when you, 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 you start coming through at the first team, you're then starting to play against people that are any age up to their finishing time. Yeah. And it can be quite daunting for some young players. They, uh, you know, you've got old narrow pros who they maybe can't move about as quick as you, but they'll tear the legs off you if you if you try and uh, <laughs> you know so it's an intimidating arena yeah. sometimes for young players and, and I've seen quite a few fall by the wayside uh, because they just haven't had that uh, been able to withstand uh, playing against like you know old pros yeah, uh, Gary said as well that the Ask Phil had a, a great curly perm back in, back in the day at Grimsby as well <laughs> I never well I had a great Curly hair. I never had a perm. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> it was uh, all natural. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kevin Drinkle was there at that point as well, wasn't he? Um, Kevin was there, yeah. yeah. I have spoken to Kevin a few times recently. Yeah. Um, I, Kevin was a couple of centre forwards I played with, but I, I think Kevin was probably the best centre forward I played alongside. Yeah, yeah, he was a cracking player, wasn't he? Um, Blundell Park, I've, I've been there, lucky enough, I went there uh, last year. Cracking ground, it's one of those old-fashioned ones, isn't it? In amongst a, a housing estate. What what was that like to play at? I, I mean, it's similar in size to, you know, both Chesterfield and Carlisle. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're all, all these weak grounds for the... for the they're, they're built to suit the size of the town. 
you know, yeah. take a percentage of the town. How many do you think will be coming here? And that's the size of the stadium. The, 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 you know, and up, anything bigger than that, they just weren't going to fill. So it was a small ground, um, but the, the good atmosphere in it when, uh, as I say, when we, were, we had that good season in the second division, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, we were getting maybe eight, eight to 10,000, 11,000 every week. Yeah. And uh, it made it a great atmosphere. Um, so it was a good ground to play at home, especially when you were playing well, because the the crowd really got behind you. Yeah. Was there any place you hated going? Uh, any any grounds you just despised going to Phil? Playing. Uh, oh, Every player I ask that they always say Millwall. They say it's uh, a hit. Well, I, I I thought I thought it was quite funny when when you when you went out the. Uh, you know, the changing rooms to go into Millwall and it was either behind the goal, it was down at the bottom, it wasn't a side entrance onto the pitch. Yeah. At Millwall, it was down behind the goal or at the side at the corner. Yeah. And then uh, they snarling and shouting at you and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I used to laugh at it. I thought, this is brilliant. Uh, but I'm probably only laughing because they were, it was at a time when there was the, the fences. Yeah. Uh, so they couldn't get at you. So that's probably why I was laughing. If they could have got at me, I would have been keeping my faces straight as a poker. <laughs> so, but no, I, I mean, it was quite intimidating, uh, you know, but uh, I, I didn't think it was frightening. It was okay. Yeah. Did, you, did you live over that Cleethorpes way when you were, when you were at Grimsby down the, by, the, by the coast? No. I, well, we lived just outside the town. And in yeah. fact, we always used to say we live in North Lincolnshire. It's um, yeah. more than a village, but you know yeah. it's been built around about Holton Le Clay. Yeah. So maybe four or three or four miles outside the town. Yeah. And coming to the towards the end, you, you had a, a, a wee load spell at Stoke, and then you finished your career at Darlington. Did you um, did yeah. enjoy your time there? At Darlington. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, that, that was that was Dave Booth who had come back yeah, yeah. into the game. Dave Dave became manager at Arlington, and uh, I was uh, well. What a time! This was a funny one because I was still at Grimsby, uh, and the Dave had come back, and he had asked me to go to Darlington as, as player and assistant manager. Yeah, and uh, but the. It was one of the directors. I can't I can't remember the guy's name. He was an accountant type guy at the club, yeah. and uh, he asked to see me. He says, uh, "Somebody was saying that you were maybe going to Darlington." It was a bit in the paper. I says, "Yeah, I'm, I'm considering that." He says, "Well, we we'll, we'll be looking for uh, recompense." I says, "Oh, really?" I said, "But you're not due any." <laughs> I said, "Well." Yeah, because even though your contract, my contract was up. Yeah, I'd, I'd been at Grimsby five years, but what he didn't know was that if you if you've been at a club for at least five years, and you reach you attain the age of thirty two, I think it is, you're uh, you're free to walk away. Yeah, and the, the, this guy didn't know this, and I explained this to him, and he was he was raging because he was even. <laughs> Even if they got a wee bit of money, he would have he would have taken it. But uh, no, they never they never get anything. Yeah, so I went up to Darlington with, with Dave, uh, and okay, I, 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 my my playing career career probably ended because I got the first season was okay, we did all right, uh, but going into the second season, 
um, we struggle a bit, and I, I had a ruptured Achilles tendon, yeah. and it was a horrible injury. I'd never, yeah, I'd, I'd never had an injury to my Achilles before. I had lots of injuries to knees and ankles, things, but my Achilles, this was a, a horrible, horrible injury. I just struggled to. You just feel as if it's going to snap every time you, you, you know, take yeah. put any pressure on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I was a long time out, and uh, Dave resigned. Dave Booth resigned, and uh, Brian Little and and John Gidman came into the club. Yeah, and uh, and it's I, I mean it, it seems to happen to me. I don't know why, but it happened. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to rewind a wee bit, uh, Derek, if you don't mind. Yeah. When I was at when I was at Grimsby. And when Dave left, Mike Lyons came in as manager uh-huh. with Kerry Darakot. And within a day or two, he pulled me into the, the office and he said, uh, I'm going to put you on the list and uh, I want you to change in the reserve changing room. And I, I just asked, this is why. <laughs> he says, and he, he couldn't give me an explanation. He just said, no, I just want that's what I want to happen. So I did and I I eventually just worked away, worked away, and whatever I did. And then they were struggling. They were really struggling. Uh, and he brought me back into the team. And then before the end of the season, he then Terry, Terry Darragh got left to go back to Everton. Yeah. And uh, Mick brought in uh, Don O'Reardon. And he asked me to join him and Don on the coaching staff. Yeah. So that turned around. At Darlington, when Brian Little came in, he then pulled me into the office and he said, I want you to change in with the, the young players and the reserves. I want you in the first one. And I thought to myself, what am I doing here? I, I, wasn't, I wasn't causing any problem. I wasn't, I just, I, I was, I was, I was vocal in yeah. my thoughts and, and I always had something to say, but not in any way malicious or, you know, constructively I tried to do it. Yeah. Um, so I says right okay I says what's the reason and he says I just want you to do it I says well okay put, could you put, send me a letter <laughs> effect. he says why do you want a letter I said just so that I've got that that this is you're instructing me to do yeah. uh, you know and, and I, I don't want you to be denying me of any uh, training facilities etc et <laughs> so he, he, he thought he, he thought about it anyway it passed a few days and then I was coming back into fitness again from this Achilles thing. And they, they, they put me in with the, the first team training. And then he eventually put me into the team. Yeah. And then he asked me on to the coaching staff. <laughs> so, on two occasions at clubs, I've been, they've tried to get rid of me. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, uh, and then turned it around a bit. So, and then uh, Brian, Brian was good. Uh, John Gidman was a fantastic player, as you all know. Yeah. But he was a, he was a bomb scare as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> he was a lovely guy. He was a, a, a great guy. He was a lovely guy. But he, 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 he didn't know how, what he was doing. He didn't know how to organise any training sessions or anything. So I, I wanted to help a bit with that. Uh, you know, but, but that was at the end of my period of time, the two years at Darlington I left. Yeah, but... I guess that the coaching thing, was that something you were planning to do when, when you were playing? Did you always have that sort of idea that you would go into that side of the that side of the game? Well, it, I'd hoped it might happen. 
Um, yeah. you, you, know, you can never know. And, and, and a lot of times when, when people do go into it, um, they, they do it because their pals got a manager's job or something or somebody they know has got this. So they take in people that they know yeah, and, and people that they trust because they know them as a person. Uh, and, you know, I, I had thought, well, I, I'd never kind of ingratiated myself to anybody to, you know, to, to think that might be the case with me. But um, I'd, I had been asked on two occasions with two different managers to, to join them. So I, I, I took a wee bit of almost pride that they felt as if I had something to contribute. Yeah. Um, you know, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being on the coaching pitch. I enjoyed being on the pitch. And, and it's a different, it's a completely different thing, you know, when you're playing in a game, uh, you know, and you're trying to instruct and push and pull people about and tell them when you're detached from it, you, you've got a much better picture. Uh, and, and and you can really get into that, that side of the game. And when I was at Darlington with Dave, uh, Booth, he was quite happy for me to deal with all the coaching and the players and things like that. And I enjoyed it. Although I had to, I was had to be mindful and look after my own fitness and keep myself uh, fit as well. Yeah. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, looking forward, I thought, right, well, it would be nice to be able to be involved in the game that you played in. Let's uh, see how, how it goes. Yeah. And then you did come back back up north, didn't you, Phil? Um, you, you, you'd, you'd go to Dunfermline. Was it, was it Jim Leishman in charge there at the time? Jim was a manager, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd known Jim... Uh, you know, in fact, I'd, I'd met Jim and his assistant Ian Monroe yeah. uh, at the coaching courses up in Scotland down at Largs. Largs, yeah. Um, I'd met them down there, and uh, Jim contacted me and asked me, would I like to come and be the coach, uh, reserve team coach, reserve and young players coach uh, at Dunfermline? So I accepted that job. Yeah. But it- Largely life character, isn't he, Jim? Yeah. I mean, it was great for the club. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, I mean, people people think he's a big buffoon and always laughing and joking and things, but he's a serious yeah. guy as well when he's at his work. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, 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 he was a manager. He was a manager only. He would, he would contribute a wee couple of things. He would go down and watch training and this, that, and other, and, and maybe have a few words here and there. But generally, the coaching was left to Ian and myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, Jim would leave it. And I think that was just a, a measure of his ability of well, of, of knowing his strengths and other people's strengths. Yeah. Was, yeah. Were you there when, um, this Van Cosma, would he join with, with was he a player when you were there? Yeah, yeah, this one came. I, I mean, I, I remember the, the, the day it came, and I, I'll, I'll tell you a story of what happened. Uh, we, uh, this was just at pre-season, just before pre-season was starting. Yeah. And Jim Leishman uh, gave me a shot. I think Ian Monroe was away at the time in holiday, so, and Jim asked me to go in because this fan was coming across, and he, he you know, he, he arrived the previous day and he wanted to come out and do a wee little listen session so he'd asked me to come over and go out with Istvan. So I met Istvan and his English wasn't great Yeah. and uh, my Hungarian was worse. (laughs) Communication was not great. Uh, 
we had a little jog around the pitch and we took it in. I got a couple of footballs out and, um, you know, we started just knocking the ball about and just keeping up and knocking it and having a wee laugh and joke. And, but it was funny because and I started, you know, pinging the ball across the ground and um, left foot. And I was, I was pretty decent both sides, left and right, you know, yeah. pinging the ball. Uh, you know, I'm whacking it across. And, I, and then I, I came to realise that everything that I was doing, he was he was doing it back to me, but harder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he just, I, as I say, I was I was pretty decent at chipping, clipping, whatever way you want to kick the ball, was pretty decent at it. Yeah. And he was looking at me just thinking, I'm going to show you that I can do that as well, but I can do it harder than you and stuff. And he did. And he came across and we just laughed because we knew there was a, and it, and it, it was good because there was a, a, a kind of common respect. Yeah. Uh, but what what a what a player he was. Yeah. We had um, Ian Westwater on a, a wee while ago, uh, Phil. He said um, when, when he signed, uh, George O'Boyle came at the same point. And I don't know if he said it was somebody in the office came in and said, we're signing two, these two players for Bordeaux. Isfan Cosman, Georgie O'Boyley or something, and they didn't realise it was a, a, a guy from Belfast. <laughs> funny. Uh, George was a good player as well. He was, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Well, he was. He was a good player. He could take the ball at the feet and uh, he twist and turn. But uh, he was a good player. Yeah. Uh, two of them were a handful to, to teams. Yeah. Some had some cracking players. You'd go to Aki's, of course. After that, um, was that was that Ian Mon- Monroe going there as a manager? Was that the link there? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the nightmare was, I mean, if I can rewind a wee bit, if you don't mind, Derek, yeah. just to yeah. think. Yeah. Berlin ended up a bit of a nightmare because there was a real rift between Ian Monroe and uh, Jim Leishman. Yeah. Uh, and this, this all came to a head when there was a director's meeting and they, they, they asked him to lay out, right, what's your job and what's your job and what are you doing and what are you doing? Uh, let's just get it all listed down here. And incredibly, th- this this culminated to the directors um, taking Jim Leishman away from being team manager and being general manager. Yeah. And Jim just wasn't happy with this at all, which I can understand. Uh, you know, because Jim Jim had a lot of his uh, life and earning power down to the fact that he was a football manager at a football club. Yeah. That was what attracted people. And if you take him away from that, then it may take away from other things that he was doing. But taking him away from the team as well, the players liked him. He was a, he was a good manager. He would go and put his arm around them. He would talk to them, this, that and the other. Um, you know, and it was a, I, th- I think it was a, a terrible decision for them to make. Yeah. Um, and they made uh, Ian Monroe the team manager. So this was going into the, the next season. And the first six games of the season, Ian then asked me to become assistant manager. And we brought in another coach for the young players. And in the first six games of the season, uh, we got one point. Uh, and the crowd were being so Ian and I both get sacked. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I don't know, not right away, but uh, a couple of 
years later, Jim came back in to be team manager. But that was the situation we were there. But Ian had Ian had left uh, then, and he got the manager's job at Hamilton Ackies. Yeah. And he asked me to go there as assistant manager, um, which I thought it was a difficult time because Hamilton were a club then, which they had they had some full time players and some part time players. Yeah. So it was a bit of a difficult difficult situation uh, at Hamilton. Yeah. Um, and when you're when you're there as well at the time, uh, looking back, was Billy Reid would have been a player that would, would be a player at Aki's at that point, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Billy played. Uh, Billy played. Billy was a very hardworking grafter midfield player. Yeah. Um, he did okay for the club. He was always hundred yeah. percent. Uh, he played alongside Gary Clark who. Gary was a, a real good, He's a good player. player as well, yeah. Gary's a good player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's great to see Bill, Bill Billy doing so well at, at Brighton now as a as an assistant. It's good to see that. Yeah. Um, you you go up uh, up north for there, um, Phil, um, up to Huntley. What was it? The thinking behind that move? Well, it, it just came out of the blue, uh, Derek. Um, the, we we spoke earlier with my, my big mate Ian McDonald to yeah. The equaliser against Manchester United for Carlisle. Well, his, um, let me think, Ian's wife's sister, um, her husband was a director at Huntley. Yeah. In Chairman. And um, I got a call out of the blue, just saying to me, would I fancy managing Huntley? Yeah. And I thought, well, I'll have, I'll have a look at this and, and see what, what, what the situation was. Uh, the situation was that they had, they, the, the previous four years, they had won the league for the four years. Yeah. And this year, they had a bad start. Doug Rugby was the manager. And uh, they, they had struggled. They were, they were, I think they were about 11 points behind Fraserburgh. They were down in about fifth, you know, sixth or seventh position in the league. Uh, and they, they wanted to make a change. So they asked me would I be interested. Um, so ultimately, I, I, I accepted the, the, the job to go and do it. And it was difficult because the, the travelling was, was, I mean, horrendous. <laughs> you know, financially, it wasn't fantastic because of the amount of time you're spending travelling and things like that. Yeah. But I thought, okay, I'll, I'll have a look, see. So I went up and uh, I, I just went about my job and um, tried to. When when any team's been struggling, you, you, you at first you look to try and get confidence back again and make things a bit fun at training and you know uh, let them enjoy themselves a wee bit. And then when it goes into the games, you know they see if that can bear fruit. Uh, anyway, um, it came about that we we did okay. The team started playing pretty well. I did a lot of very, very basic things in training, which, um, you know, helped a wee bit. You know, yeah. just got the team a bit better organised and and uh, helped the players. And so it went okay, and, and we ended up getting back and winning the league. Yeah, yeah, and being the, the main man as well, Phil, was that something you, you enjoyed being the uh, the manager? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, because. You can you can do things without asking anybody. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's a difficult thing. Excuse me. 
it's a difficult thing at clubs when you've been, uh, you know, assistant manager or coach, whatever your term is, but it's difficult to do things that come into your mind and you just think, I think, let's have a look at this and try this. Yeah. Because it might not be something that the manager wants you to do. Yeah. You've Before you do stuff that's new, uh, when you're not the manager, you have to run it past the manager first. Yeah. Because he doesn't really want to come in and say, no, 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 we're not doing that because it looks like he's undermining you as well. Yeah. So, so it gives you the, a wee bit autonomy where you can, uh, if things come into your mind, just by things that happen on a training pitch, it might, you might just say, look, hold on a sec, let's let's just set this up a bit and see if this is workable. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it gives you that, that wee bit. Of, and it also, obviously, the, the, the picking of the team and uh, you know, talking to players about things that you think are important. Um, again, it's situations where you can do it without asking anybody. Yeah, um, win the league up there, and then you go down. Was it Port Vale you went down to for a, a short spell? Yeah, I was contacted by uh, John Rudge. Yeah, uh, John Rudge. I, I didn't know John, and. Uh, but his assistant at the time was a guy called Billy Dearden. And uh, Dilly, Billy, sorry, had been a coach at Chesterfield when I played there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there was a, a, a certain amount of contact there. But John uh, had said he'd spoke to a couple of people and asked me, you know, he, he was looking to take a step, a little step back a bit from the coaching and wanted somebody to, uh, you know, to do it. Billy wasn't too... Bill, Billy was good at talking to people and this and that and other, but he, he, he wasn't a technical coach yeah. type thing. So John uh, brought us in and asked us, you know, how, how you know, I felt about it. I've been doing it and I chat, I chat with him and uh, he said, okay, we'll go. So I decided to go down there um, and it didn't work out too well, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as the coaching players were concerned, it was fine, but there was a change of uh, chairman and uh, he laid down the law with John and uh, he eventually they sacked John yeah but I mean John Rudge had an, an absolute legend at that club and, and had had a club punching well above their weight for a long long time uh, you know he, he just totally uh, dismissed the achievements John had made there and, and sacked him uh, so and, and me and Billy as well, we were all away. Yeah. So, and he already had, I think, uh, Brian Horton took over, and he, I think this guy was a part of Brian Horton's. So, yeah. he was obviously, uh, you know, set in his mind what he wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, so, I was only there about maybe, it was less than a season. Yeah. Just, just shows you how crazy football is, isn't it? I mean, you're up in sticks and going down south again for. A few months, and then you're then you're back up the road again. It's, it can be crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, thankfully, I, I didn't. Uh, you know, thankfully, I'd, you know, I hadn't moved. about you know, I, I was travelling up and down and getting home. You know, after matches and having a Monday off and things like that. So, yeah. uprooted again. We'd we'd, we'd maintained our house in, in Glasgow. So yeah. we do that. Um, but it wasn't a good experience. It was. A, it was. It wasn't when this new guy came in. It was a bad atmosphere in the place. Yeah, uh, it wasn't enjoyable, uh, enjoyable time. Yeah, and you can back up to Huntley, of course, for you spent another couple of seasons up there, didn't you? Is that 
and then you go to go to Forfa for a bit. I um, came back up to Huntley. Um, we uh, trying to remember. Yeah, we we did okay. We we struggled a, a wee bit at Huntley. The uh, a lot of injuries in and out, in and out. But we, we there was no way we were going to win the league with the amount of injuries. But we won two cups, so yeah. it, it was a reasonable return for for what we had at the time. Um, but I think there's an old saying that you never go back. Um, it wasn't too bad in two cups, but it, it wasn't the same as it had been before. Yeah. Um, you, you, when you left Forford, um, Phil, did, did you go anywhere else or is that when you decided to take time away for the game? No, I, when I was up at Forford, it was it was difficult because the, the work I was doing at that time, some, some of the work I was doing was after hours. Yeah. Uh, and... It was really impinging on that, uh, but I, I, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't really enjoy it for for. Uh, it, it was there was a time. It was a time at a club where I think there was about seven or eight directors, and they were all wanting to put their, you know, tuppence worth in about how the team should be doing this and doing that and the other, uh, rather than just letting. In. And Neil Cooper, who was the manager, Neil had been a teammate at Grimsby Town with yeah. me. Uh, Neil was a Neil had good knowledge. He was a good coach, uh, and he was trying to get the club up and running. And he was he was really a bit kind of concerned about the input they were, the directors were trying to have on it as well. So it wasn't. I, I look back on my time at Forfar, and I wish I really hadn't gone. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then you look at that point when when you left did you did you want to just do something completely different then did you sort of fall out falling out of love with the game a wee bit no no i don't think sometimes uh, you know you, you hear people saying they fall out of love with the game i think sometimes yeah. it, to be honest that is you 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 don't get any other opportunities yeah yeah you know if other opportunities threw themselves at you then uh you know you you might you know be really keen to get back into it um I must admit, though, I didn't really try hard to get back into it. I mean, there was a lot of people I made contact with and said, look, if there's anything comes up or you hear of anything or anybody wants this or other, but I never did that. I never I never uh, pushed, to, you know, to for people to, you know, recommend me or anything like that. Um, I think I had quite a period of time in it, so I thought that was maybe the, the time. Well, I'll, if something comes, I'll consider it. If not, then just let it go. Yeah, and I was reading. Did you go? Did you go to uh, university once? Once once you left again? Yeah, I went and uh, and from there I, I met a guy who he started a construction company. Yeah, uh, and he asked me to come and work with him. Uh, we we did okay. We really did okay, and we, you know, things I think could have been a, an awful lot different. Uh, however, the biggest source of our business, uh, and this was that we were we were using uh, material that was high insulation material, and, uh, and we got a lot of business in the western coast of Scotland. Uh, and this, this material, we you know, it was a certain way of cutting it, and you made it large format, and you carried it all to the site and things like that. Yeah. Um, however, when it was the what was it so called the the credit crunch. Yeah, there was, a, there was a big, big push by banks to to regain as much money as they could, and um, 
the the one of the things when you're a self builder is that they take the um, the value of your land into consideration when they're when they're uh, in a lending situation. Yeah, and they stop that. Now that that in effect takes about a third of the the money that the people have away from the conundrum to 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 borrow money, and so they couldn't borrow money at the amount they needed. We couldn't. Uh, give them the money or we couldn't supply what we had without them of money so the company went bust yeah it's a real a real shame uh-huh. um because as i say we were we were doing really well at the time yeah. <clears throat> excuse me so um that was a that was a big blow um yeah. to you know to, to the, the whole work yeah and that leads us on now what, what is it you're uh, you're up to now phil well I work in government in a government building, yeah. and particularly at this time, the uh, you know they have all the, the social distancing and things like that. So there's not many people, yet, but yeah, organise the uh, all the markings for social distance, all the health and safety things, yeah. and uh, you know if there's they also have a, a team of security guards who you manage and. Um, you basically now the thing about it is the 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 offices are a lot of them are empty, but you're still there to protect the building. And if there's anybody in at all, you, you know you protect the uh, the staff yeah. and make sure they're all wearing their masks and blah blah blah, etc. So that's that's the kind of stuff I'm doing. Yeah. Then and what's it been like for yourself and your wife and that with regards to the COVID stuff, have you managed to to, to, to avoid uh, contracting it so far? No, my wife and uh, we, we have four sons and two of my sons, they've, three of them have had uh, COVID, wow. but they're all covered. Uh, my wife still feels a couple of effects of breathlessness when, you know, she's run up and down the stairs a couple of times. Um, you know, so that's, I think, what we call long COVID, isn't it? Yeah, she's, yeah. So hopefully that'll subside uh, through time. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, yeah, we've all been fine. And yeah. because we're stuck in the house, yeah. uh, so she's uh, almost murdered me a few times. So <laughs> keep myself out of the way. <laughs> uh, same here. Um, looking back then, the, the career, um, Phil, was, is there any goal that stands out that, that you scored during your, your playing career that, um, that sort of is, is high up there in the, in the memory bank? Uh, I think probably I'd, I'd say in two games uh, there, there, were, there was a goal and, and, and two goals that you know, there, there's obviously a wee bit special and, and obviously the, the, the Anglo-Scottish against Rangers scoring yeah. two uh, you know, it was good it was a, you know, it was a great result that yeah. Uh, also, when we played Arsenal, that was the, the, the second game I played against a top club. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, it was a, a real shocker to start with. We we went three 0 down in fifteen minutes to a Malcolm McDonald hat trick. Yeah, and we he was a like, This is bad. This is going to be bad. <laughs> anyway, I, oh, uh, anyway, I, I scored just before half time for a header at Highbury. The old ground, uh, and then Clark, Alan Clark's uh, older brother, he scored a second goal into the second half, and we really 
uh, we really thought we'd get a chance here. Yeah. So it was pretty important to get us back. Another thing I must say, or, or, or I would like to say, Derek, is that yeah. in the Arsenal game, uh, I played against at that time Liam Brady, oh, and yeah. and I think it was at that point it dawned on me thinking, oh, I thought it was okay, but I then <laughs> I then thought, oh, this is just a different, a completely. <laughs> level of thinking, a different level of passion, different level of movement. I just thought I'll never be able to play this game again. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of times in my career when I played against West Brom and uh, I played against Johnny Giles and I couldn't get near him. Wow, yeah. And he, he was getting an old man at the time as well. I couldn't get near him. If I got too close to him, we just played it first time away. If I... Uh, you know, gave him a bit of space. He just carved us up with his passion. They were magnificent. Yeah. And coincidentally, two Irishmen, I thought they were fantastic. Yeah, they were absolutely class. Did you have any um, uh, pre-match rituals or anything, Phil? A lot of players have superstitions and all that sort of stuff. Uh, no, sorry, I can't help you there, Derek. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I, I, <laughs> I got myself ready. I didn't care what order. I just... <laughs> what, one, just went on and that was it. Yeah. Uh, never, no superstitions, no. And you, you mentioned Brady and Gels, the players you played against. Is there any player that stands out? Is it the best one you sort of you played with during your, your time in the game? Um, well, he was getting near the end of his career at the time, uh, you know, and probably played a lot, you know, he was much more potent as a player. But uh, at Grimsby, uh, Trevor Weimark. Yeah. Trevor was absolute class, and and uh, you know he, he you could see just how good he would have been. Uh, obviously, he was getting near the end of his career, but uh, he was he was a, a top quality player. Um, when I was a young player at Rangers, there, there was a few of the players that there, you know, yeah. Alan Ronald was probably the best uncapped Scottish player. Uh, yeah, there's ever been. Um, Aye, so these types of players, there's also a few I, play, I played against that similar to what Giles and Brady were like. They were just uh, fantastic. So, aye, yeah. and that's when you get a, a, a real rude reminder that, no, you're not that good, son. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had a, a cracking career, Phil. It's, it's been great having you on. So thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast. So, I appreciate that, Derek. Thanks very much. That was episode 94 of the Talking Football Podcast with Phil Bonnyman. As ever, I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can catch any previous episodes on pretty much all podcast platforms. We're also now on YouTube if you just search for Talking Fitball. You can follow us on Twitter at Talking underscore Fitball and we're on Facebook as well. And be sure to check out and subscribe to the Talking Fitball website. You'll find a whole lot of great content on there. It's just Talking Fitball. .co.uk. Hope you can join me again next time, but until then, keep safe and bye for now.